This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 55 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and as ever I'm joined by Gary. How are you? My head hurts Ben again. Yeah, it's we've had we've had some technical kerfuffle, shall we say, uh, today. We are trying a couple of uh, a couple of new things on um, on recording today. So, uh, trying a couple of different uh, methods and sort of seeing which would be the best one. But yeah, you see, um, I'm going to stop you right there because you said we, and we are not trying them. I am merely <laughs> sat here with umpteen windows open, one of which has got a live feed of myself. Uh, and my beard looks decidedly <laughs> green in this light. Oh, my moustache is excellent. fine. Okay. Yeah, I I want to try a couple of things because um, we we've had some issues with uh, with with things being stuttery and uh, on each other's end. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we should be good now. But anyway, that aside, are you well? Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you. Are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm not too bad. Um, it's. Uh, it's been a very busy week, but I'm I'm not I'm not on call with work anymore, so I can enjoy everything for the next month, um, and then uh, all will be good. So, shall we start with Sunderland? Because that's that's probably the most sensible place to start, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, last weekend was the uh, the Sunderland game. It was a game that I was quite honest about. Uh, you know not expecting too much from it and not not really expecting a, a win i thought a point would be an excellent result uh but we came away with all three and it was a pretty yeah it was it was a pretty impressive day to be honest it was uh i i had a really good day i thought the um i thought the atmosphere was fantastic record attendance in the all seater days in uh, in central bank um and I don't think it's. I don't think it's uh, out of place to say that there was some exceptional, well, excellent football played um, by ourselves at times, uh, and two really good goals. Obviously, you know, we'll, we'll gloss over the fact that uh, that Tyler's penalty just hit the wrong bit of the post, <laughs> but 
Uh, yeah, I mean, your your thoughts on the day? I mean, Sunderland weren't great, were they? But we were really good. Uh, yeah, I thought um, I thought Sunderland made us look better at times than we were probably. Um, I think we played some phenomenal football in the final third. Um, lovely little touches, um, a lot of kind of interpassing in triangles, lots of players making intelligent runs, and it's good to see. I don't think it's anything particularly that we didn't see early in the season um, in games, maybe certainly against South End. I thought we were superb and we played similar sort of stuff. Um, but Tyler wasn't quite as isolated. Jack's been, Jack was kind of pushed up and around him a little bit more, which made us more of a threat. Um, Sunderland had some phenomenal players on, on show, but to be honest, they were woeful. Um, but we still rode our luck once or twice, didn't we? There was one or two chances. Mm-hmm. Seriously, they probably could have scored. Um, but by and large, I yeah, I, I was very, very impressed. Like you, I, I thought a draw would be a good result. Um, I did write an article, I think, in the week why we shouldn't be worried and, and the sort of areas where I felt that we were going to get joy. Uh, you know, I highlighted the left-hand side of the pitch as a key area and both of our goals came from the right. Um, so <laughs> basically, I'm going to give up. Yeah, I mean, it, it was... I, I just really enjoyed it. I thought the... Like you say, the, the Sunderland weren't... They were nowhere near the the, the level of threat and and um, attack that I thought they were going to bring. Um, I think really the only shot that that troubled Josh is the one that forced the uh, the, the really good save from him. Um, I think everything else went pretty. Yeah, I think everyone yeah, went. Uh, everything else went high, wide, and handsome, didn't it? It was just it, the thing is when you when you allow when a team allows you to play your own football on your own, you know, your own style. I think that's when it comes in and that's when it, uh, that that's when it allows you to, to really shine. And Sunderland did that. I think they stepped off it. I think the, the thing that, um, we'll come on to this a little bit, um, in, in a minute, but the, the thing that really struck me was the, the attitude of, of a lot of the fans before and after it was like, Oh, we're going to Lincoln. We're going to, you know, we're going to wipe the floor with them. And then it was like, Oh, we should be hammering teams like Lincoln in this league at the end of it. So, well, maybe not, but um, yeah, I, I just thought Saturday was, was some of the best football that I've seen, um, seen Lincoln play in a very long time. Uh, I thought, you know, if, if this is the the sort of football that Michael Appleton's going to have us playing, and his past form suggests that it will be, um, it's going to be a very exciting time uh, towards the end of the season, isn't it? Yeah, that's 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 an interesting point because I actually think we've played football like that in in many of the home games this season. I was lucky enough not to sit through Oxford. Mm. Um, obviously, Bristol Rovers was was quite a tough game as well. But I think when you look at um, certainly South End, when you look at Accrington. Um, some of the football that we've been playing has been really good. I, I actually don't think there was a huge difference between the quality of football on show on Saturday um, and, and the football that we were playing earlier in the season. Um, we were playing nice passes, we were playing nice nice patterns, but you know that sort of football doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a period of months, and I think that's why it was a success because it's what we've been doing. Um, whether it was uh, the best football I've seen at Sinsel Bank in a long while, I think as a whole, this season is, is gearing up that way. Um, but again, I, I felt it was a continuation of where we'd got to before all of the upheaval. I think that was what I was expecting to see week in, week out, um, on the back of some of the wins that we'd had at home. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and some of the football that we played. And I, you know, I, that's why I I, um, I used the words return to form in an article, and I got pulled up on it. To be fair, because form is something that happens over several games, and so in actual fact to return to form would be to win three or four in a row. Um, and for us to actually lose the next game would technically be the return to form. What I actually meant was it was simply a return to where I thought we were at the beginning of the season um, rather than the 11 games. I mean, I, I actually think we played some football like that against Everton mm. uh, and in games like that as well. So um, what really gives the result the gravity is the nature of the opponent and you there alluded to their fans or certainly a small selection of their fans on social media who were very, very vocal about we should be beating Lincoln City. Um, it's easy for us to take that to heart because you, Lincoln City are everything to us. You know, it's like someone coming around and calling my dog a knob. I'm going to take it to heart because it's my dog and I don't think he's a knob. Um, but in actual fact, you know, if somebody sees my dog out walking and, and without me as the added context and he starts barking and yapping and he craps and runs away, they're going to think he's a knob. <laughs> um, and so I, I kind of find it that, that they come to us and they see the minnow that they barely ever play and they're, putting us alongside teams that they have played and beaten over the past few years. Um, I don't know if they ever actually beat Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool, but they were regularly playing those sorts of teams. Mm. So when they come to Lincoln City, who they saw on an FA Cup run and you know, were chuckling as we beat Altrincham or chuckling when they looked in our league and we were playing the likes of Dover, I can understand where they're coming from. Mm but few football fans ever have context. And I think to a degree before the game, some of our fans didn't have the context because we were saying, you know, two years ago, Sunderland were in the Premier League and two years now they're level and it's such a great game and it's going to be massive. They're just another league one side. That was, I don't want to labour on that point too much, but they they really are. They're a league one side with £6 million worth of forward. They're a league one side that should have been doing a lot better than they are. Um, but on, in the context of 90 minutes, they made more passes than us. They made more accurate passes than us. They had more shots than us, although we had a similar amount of shots on target. Um, and they made out they were more successful in the challenges that they won than we were. Hmm. And those are, those are numbers that kind of suggest that, yes, they weren't great because they got beat 2-0, but they weren't as far off the pace as people make out. Because afterwards, we're the ones now giving the result context. We're, we're cherishing this so much because we are Lincoln City and we've beaten the mighty Sunderland. They're down on their asses because they're the mighty Sunderland and they've lost to Lincoln City. Mm. But it's just a League One game that we won. Yeah, um, and I think that was uh, that was the point that I think um, a few people were, were, were trying to get across um, on social media after the game. I know that I had uh, I had a couple of discussions with, uh, with some Sunderland fans that were... Uh, <laughs> I mean, some were calling it the darkest day in their history and, you know, stuff like that. I think, well, I'd, I would probably, I'd, I'd take umbrage with that um, in in the context of stuff. I think, yeah, you can, obviously it's a bad result for them um, in, in terms of their, their league prospects. But it's the, it was the attitude of, well, we shouldn't even be here. It's like, well, you are, you need to get on with it and, and figure it out. And it's, it was very much like we were, um, some of our fans were during the National League days. Um, That's you know, I think, yeah, I think, you know, that there was a lot of people that were saying, oh, we shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be playing the likes of Dover or, or Braintree or, or, you know, X, Y, Z. And you think, well, yeah, but the fact is that we are, you know, and it's, um, I think it's like, um, I think it's like, uh, you know, he who not be, uh, who must not be named said when he came to the club, 
that um, it, it, it felt like it was a club that was still in mourning. And I wonder if that's where... Sunderland are at the minute because they've they've obviously got the uh, you know they've obviously got the stages of grief and I, I don't think they're quite at acceptance yet, but um, yeah, it it was just one of those days that um, the I think the, the reaction of certain sections of them um, was was it was borderline embarrassing. I mean, walking out after sixty minutes when we scored a second, um, I could I could sort of see where they were coming from in that. They they didn't feel they were going to get anything from the game. Um, I certainly didn't feel that we were going to let it slip once we went two 0 up, um, because for me the turning point was the penalty. I think if we'd have if Sunderland would have come back from that penalty and you know gained something where they'd been galvanised by it and gone right, okay, we are gonna we're gonna come back at Lincoln and we're gonna attempt this and we're gonna do this and that. I think that would have been the um, that would have been a difficult game to come, you know, if they'd have got another goal back or if they'd have got an equaliser, I think that probably would have been a difficult one to come back from. But it didn't. In fact, it had the complete opposite effect and it galvanised us as a team and said, right, we've missed a penalty, but screw that, we're going to go and win it. And all credit to Tyler Walker for, for the way that he responded personally from that as well, because I thought he he was he was excellent. Um, I thought Bruno was absolutely unplayable uh, at times and it, it obviously helped that, the left back gave him essentially a quarter of the pitch to run into um, to set up Tyler's second. So, um, yeah, I think uh, you've um, you've swung the conversation around to something that we should be talking about, and that isn't Sunderland and their fans and the size of their club and how everyone perceives mm-hmm. them. It's about Lincoln City, and it's about the positives that we found. And the point you've made there is absolutely spot on. When that penalty bounced off the post, I thought that that was us handing the game back to Sunderland because it could almost have lifted their fans like scoring a goal because you'll regularly get a cheer from uh, a set of supporters if the opposition miss a penalty. That can almost be as loud as scoring a goal in some instances. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as it bounced, but, you know, as soon as we were on the penalty spot, he strikes the ball, you think, that's it, 2-0, it bounces back out. They instantly bring on uh, Mark McNulty and Aidan McGeady. You know, McNulty was a million-pound striker. McGeady, I think, has, has, has transferred for around 13 in his time and he's a phenomenal player. And you think, oh, God, there we go. Yeah, there we go. They've had their let off. They've, they've realised the problem and off they go. They're going to take us apart now. And exactly what you just said, we bounce back superbly. Tyler showed um, great aptitude to get in on Bruno's ball. Lovely ball from Bruno. And I like the intelligence that Tyler Walker shows. I like the runs he makes. He gambled on that first goal. Because that wasn't a great cross. He's made that a good cross. Neil Eardley's actually delivered the ball more or less into the area that he thinks that there's going to be a striker there. And last season, there wasn't a striker there. No criticism of Big John. He's not that type of striker. Now Neil Eardley can deliver the ball into into the hopeful area and a player will gamble. And that's why we scored the first goal. He gambled. The keeper didn't come out quick enough. The keeper only needed to take a step earlier and he collects that ball. Mm. But Tyler gambled. And just going back onto Sunderland again, which is doing exactly what I, I said 30 seconds ago we should have. <laughs> We're talking about their darkest day. Yeah. Just as a point, they've only actually been in the third tier three seasons. This season, last season, and once in 1987, 87-88. Um, looking through their results over those periods, I would probably argue um, that losing there was a home game, losing two nil at home to Chester on the twenty sixth of September nineteen eighty seven was probably pretty low. Getting thumped four nil by Bristol Rovers in the same season was probably a bad uh, a bad one. But last season, no. And for a lot of fans, um, 
of a certain age, those who don't remember the 80s, because I'm sure you wouldn't either. Hmm. Um, in actual fact, um, this probably was a low. Mm. Um, I wouldn't. I would have thought. I would have thought they probably didn't enjoy losing five four at home to Coventry last year. But it, do you know what I mean? It's mm. it's Lincoln City. So yeah, and again, I think it, it's the context side of things that that's quite important, and whether the you know whether the context isn't there for us in the same way because, like I say, we've had that we've had that spell in 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 the doldrums, and we've been you know on the verge of going into the second tier of the non-league, but. Uh, that's all in the past now but um is there anything else that we want to touch on uh for Sunderland because it's been I, I mean it, it's almost been a week we are recording this slightly late um as uh, as you said on uh, on Twitter that you you know you're being a bit of a prima donna so um I, I'm, I'm accommodating and um we're gonna see well you, you're tinkering I mean I, I'm looking at our recording thing and your your sound isn't showing at all on the uh on, on Zencaster. Uh, and there's a horrible buzzing in the background. So you know, well, you're, if you're, I was a pre, if I was a prima donna, I'd be demanding another co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your your uh, your audio isn't showing either, so um, that's that's, okay. that's a good thing. You know, at least we're in the same boat. I was going to try and uh, yeah. sneak it into a conversation, but just a, a little yeah. look behind the curtain there for everybody. And uh, yeah, yes, I think yeah, uh, the fourth wall or whatever it is, <laughs> we've broken the fourth wall inside baseball. I pre- yeah, that, that, no, the fourth wall, isn't that? That's in film, isn't it? Yeah. Because film. there's always three walls in a room. Yeah, I, I probably got absolutely no place in this conversation at all, but it just popped into my head. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, um, sorry, you said about uh, any more points about Sunderland. Yes, I do have. Um, it was refreshing to see a completely different substitution pattern, mm-hmm. I thought, uh, which was good. I noticed that Michael Appleton came across and applauded the fans, so that'll keep all of those who are desperate not to like him quiet for another week or two. <laughs> Uh, I thought Joe Morrell was superb, very, very understated footballer, um, but, but very, very good footballer. And I thought that what actually made the difference was Michael O'Connor coming into the midfield mm. um, because I always used to say, and I'm sure I've said it on the pod before and people will take the mick if I have, but football was always very simple as far as I was concerned. Um, you play four four two. you have fullbacks are always the same um, you have one big tall centre back one quick centre back both of them need to be able to tackle you have one ball playing midfielder one ball winning midfielder you have two quick wingers the big man little man up front that's football mm. um, and in Joe Morrell and Michael O'Connor we have the ball player and the ball winner they can both do the other I'm not saying that Morrell can't tackle or, or, or O'Connor can't pass because that would be completely wrong um, but in their profile of player that's what we have and I think they complement each other incredibly well yeah absolutely and I I, I, I just thought um, you know O'Connor offered that strength and that um, that guy in midfield at the sort of the defensive role if you like um, sitting in front of the defenders and just going right okay you want to get to these four lads you've got to go through me first kind of thing and he uh, mm. yeah had a really good game. Um, there's, there's, there's no, it's no surprise that Max Power didn't have a good game, in my opinion, because that's the area that he lurks in. So it was very good management. Um, and also, may I just say, Charlie Wyke, who's a player that I've always thought was decent, what a shit house he is. <laughs> Do you know what? I would rather have Matt Reed up front in at this level. And I, you know, Reedy, I greatest respect for him, but he was never going to start every game this season. But if Charlie Wyke is a million pound striker, Reedy's worth that now. Hmm. Because all White did was elbow, push, shove. Yeah. And when it actually came to it, he was getting in wrestling fights with Neil Erdley and Neil Erdley was winning. So, yeah. There we go. Oh, and, and what a return to form for Erdley as well. People saying that he should be dropped. Pfft, 
Yeah, he was uh, he was fantastic. Um, just want to pick up on something that you said there. Is they they did look like a very dirty side, um, particularly in the early going. I mean, I know they they side though Connor down pretty quickly, and uh, and I think you you mentioned in the article that he, uh, they targeted Bruno as well, and it was twice. Yeah, you know, it was it was a hmm, bit of a nasty game. But one thing that we're not talking about today, which is quite surprising, is Mister Huxtable. Um, I I was fully expecting to you know have a uh, have another instance where we'd have uh, the vision on music playing in the background and you going off on a rant about uh, how you know how Brett Huxtable makes us look both together look uh, you know look a bit like Peter Crouch in terms of the the weight department but um, no he was he, he did have a bad game um, but as you mentioned in your article I think he was it, it was a bad game that favoured us. Um, and I don't. Mm. It's very rare that we can say that, and it's uh, it was disappointing to 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 sort of see that you know yet another referee is having yet another bad game. But it was quite refreshing to see that it actually benefited us for once. Yeah, he mugged me right off of my old man because on the way in, I said, "I guarantee you, if there's a foul on Andrade in the area, Huxtable won't give it." <laughs> um, but then again, he could not give it, could he? Because I mean, Debot was holding on to Brett, uh, holding on to Bruno like bloody. What's his name at Titanic? She tried to hold on to the dead guy that was dropping in the sea at the end. And she was, it was like he, he wanted to take Bruno home with him, poor Bruno. And to his credit, and we've already mentioned Bruno, well done for staying on his feet. Because if he had mm. gone down on first contact, which I think he would have done last season, we wouldn't have got the penalty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I may have said on the pod, and I can't remember, um, but if I did, kudos to me. Um, I think Harry's got a fight on his hands. Mm. Um, I think I did call Harry being dropped, if I remember correctly. And I, mm. I suspect that Michael Appleton prefers the guile and craft on both wings rather than the brute force of Harry, who I think might, might, I might be wrong, but he might have a fight on his hands for his first team place. Yeah, I, I wonder if um, he's looking down the... Uh looking down the team sheet and thinking that Harry Anderson's going to be more of a super sub than, or, you know, a, an impact sub um, more than anything sub. else. Yeah. If, if you can, if you can bring him in or bring him on after, you know, after 70 minutes when the, the opposition are tiring, um, if you get a, a, you know, a fit Harry Anderson running at you, it's going to be a bit of a nightmare for a, a left back. So that might not even be the case when we saw Jake Hethsketh come on as well, though. Mm, yeah. Whenever a manager comes in, my good friend Pete said to me on a phone call this week, there is always a casualty or two. Yep. Always. Whether it's the, one of the manager's favourites, whether it's somebody that was established who, who you don't realise or don't think is is on the wane. Um, and I, I think, that, I'm not saying Harry's finished, absolutely not. He's, he's young and he's, he's, he's still a top player. Um, but I... I just think that his skill set might be suited to a different approach mm. to the one that Michael Appleton wants to take. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's one of those that I think it's it's a plan B, isn't it? Um, I, and I don't like referring to Harry as a plan B because he's, you know, as you say, he's a really talented player and he's still very young. Um, but I think it's going to be. Um, I, I think you're right in that it could we could well see that pairing of of Grant and uh, and Andrade going forward. Um, the the bonus of that, of course, as uh, as uh, as we've seen before, is that they can both switch wings, as we know that Harry and Bruno can do. Um, you've got Toff and Bruno with that BFF relationship, as I think it's probably best to call it, where they'll you know they'll interact with each other, and it's almost like they know what they're going to do before the other one does. Um, 
and that's that's an option that's there as well. So uh, we'll see against uh, we'll see against Peterborough. But before we talk about Peterborough, we've got our uh, the regular feature after home games. Uh, Jake caught up with a few people, and we've also got the wonderful world and insight of Jimbo coming up. So uh, enjoy that. Okay, so Evoco, what were your thoughts about that then? Massive, massive three points. Um, confidence boost, obviously with a new manager, gets that monkey off our back. Uh, I thought we played really, really well. He's unlucky with the penalty, but Bruno's delivery for the second goal was just the pass of the season so far. Fantastic. I'm just going to talk about that. But man of the match, who did you think it was? There were so many, so many people could have got it. It's got to be Tyler Walker. Tyler Walker, Bruno personally. Bruno was excellent, but Tyler was got to put the ball in the net that's what we need and this is a really memorable day isn't it for for, man, for, yeah, for Lincoln you know Just beating a club like Sunderland at home beating Sunderland at home getting more than 10,000 on the gate yeah it was a really really big game today so I'm here with Chris you know 2-0 against Sunderland what were your overall thoughts uh, I thought it was outstanding outstanding performance 1-11 to strength character all the things we've almost had over the last few weeks and lost you know, sort of five, six weeks ago when it started to go a little bit pear-shaped. But I think um, everyone out there, brilliant performance. Can't fault any. How important was it to get a, a win against such a big club like Sunderland in Appleton's first league game in charge? I don't think it was important to necessarily beat Sunderland. It was important to get a win. And obviously that's a big scalp. I think it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, like Premier League two years ago, three years ago, it's uh, it's crazy. Um, but I think the win was the important thing. The performance was, like I said to you before the game, yeah. I thought the performance rather than result. But we got both today, and we've been looking almost there. Blackpool, I thought Rochdale second half, um, and now we've got the result to go with the performance. Couldn't be happier. Yeah. Tyler, two more goals for Tyler. Could have had an hat trick, probably shouldn't have had an hat trick, but he played. It was unplayable today for Sunderland. Unplayable, brilliant. Um, offers so much running that line up front. Uh, he's so dangerous and quick and he's a classic finisher. I thought his penalty, he almost hit it too cleanly. If he'd yeah. have scuffed it, it would have dribbled in. Yeah. Um, but two goals, another two goals. And um, man of the match for me is Bruno, actually. I was going to say that across that front four or five players, you couldn't really pick who was going to be man of the match, could you? No, I thought. I mean, I do think Bruno was fantastic today. Payne as well, putting another rip. Yeah, that, that second goal was sort Payne, of Payne, Yeah, they, George Grant, brilliant. I mean, they were all, like I said, one to eleven were fantastic. But I think for me, Bruno, every time he got the ball, they were scared. They were backing off, and he was just destroying them. And Particularly they had to, they had to second half, back off as well, didn't they? Had to sum him off. Yeah. And I'm not surprised because he was uh, he was tearing him tearing him apart. I thought it was, and he was getting back as well, which we don't often see so much with Bruno, I don't think. But he was tracking back, doing his defensive duties. I thought it was just a really solid, strong Lincoln City performance. Game management seemed to be a lot a lot better than recent weeks as well. Yeah, I think we're seeing seeing what impact he's having Appleton. Um, probably the first sort of full week with the guys yeah. over you know since the Blackpool game. Um, and I think we're seeing, you can see that on the pitch. And I, th- I thought it was good because Bruno, I thought he was getting into everyone. But Vickers as well, fantastic today. Commanded the area more than he has done in recent weeks. And I thought his release of the ball was quick. And that made a massive difference because it just kept us on the front foot. A few times I thought, oh, we're dropping a bit deep. But, I mean, that's really picking holes. And then, obviously, Peterborough next week. That's going to be... You know, just as big of a test as today is, but how it's really important that we've got we've gone into that with a win against Sunderland. Absolutely, I think we'll take the players take a lot of confidence from that. Um, we said before the game, be happy with a point today. I'd say the same against Peterborough next week. Be happy yeah. to go there and get a point. 
because I think now it's about just getting a bit of that confidence back and starting to look towards um, what we can do in January and, and Appleton can really start to make his mark on the team. Jimbo. So Jim, I hear that you've got your own jingle, what do you think of it? Right. What does your partner Gemma think of your uh, bit on the blog? She said it was rubbish. What your bit? Yeah. Uh, so I'm with Dean, who listens to Pod. Dean, have you got any feedback from the uh, from the podcast for the last couple of weeks? Well, I was going to listen to it on the way on the drive in from uh, Tatchell to, to Lincoln this morning, but a uh, well, sweary Ben was quite quite horrific this week, and uh, especially with the kids in the car. But also uh, the fact that nowadays the risk of narcolepsy at the wheel is very real, and I won't want to put my family at risk. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jimbo. And there we go. That is, of course, the one and only Jimbo's uh, insight. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get that on any of the podcasts, really, are you? It's just, it, it's a beautiful thing. Fame's um, going to his head, Ben. Is it? Yeah, fame's oh, going man. to his head. He did have a story. Minutes. He did have a story this week, and I've recorded part of it, but not all of it. And I thought it might go on a bit. Where he was telling me how he'd had a conversation with some Sunderland fans in a pub who'd come up thinking they could pay on the gate and hadn't got tickets. Um, but this story went on for about a minute to a minute and a half, and it got to a point where the end came, and you didn't realise, you know, like a bad film. Like, is that it? Yeah. Uh, and then about 10, 10 minutes later, I went to the loo and there was a queue for the loo. And I caught him telling Sunderland fans the same story in the toilet. <laughs> I just thought, Jesus Christ, there's no wonder they feel that it's uh, it was one of their lowest points ever if they got talking to Jimbo in the toilet. Stumb- <laughs> and, and the more he drank, the longer the story got. And bear in mind, there was no purpose to it when it was 15 seconds long. And he was, oh dear. Lovely lad, you know though, what? Jimbo. Lovely I'm much. actually really grateful that you didn't say it was like, uh, you know, that you said it's like a bad film and not it's like a Ben Ward analogy. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Uh, no, no, I, I, there was there was far less thought to what Jimbo was saying. Um, <laughs> and uh, and the, the Sunderland fan was awake afterwards. So. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I tell you what, if uh, if the, the previous games were like the hangover, Sunderland was the Alka-Seltzer. And we're going to have the fry up on Saturday when we go to Peterborough, aren't we? Have you been planning that? No. Have you? Was, have you got? Have you got notes in front of you? No, that was off the cuff. <laughs> wow, that was quite good. That I was quite interesting. Um, yeah, I don't think we're having a fry up on Saturday though at all. To be honest, I think we're going to haul ourselves back into bed and just hope that it goes away because <laughs> um, incredibly tough game. There are there are reasons we could get a result. Yeah. Um, which I'll go into in a minute. Um, but Peterborough are a phenomenal side going forward. And they play a 4-3-1-2. And the 1-2 are probably three. It's getting a little bit numerical now. Um, <laughs> probably probably three of the best players at this level. Um, yeah. Mo Issa, who I had identified as a potential flop. He could have flopped at this level. Um, he hasn't. He looks great. Ivan Tony, who I think Crystal Palace or somebody were, were willing to pay several million pounds for. And, and, and Peter returned it down. Brilliant footballer. Uh, and I actually don't think that either of those two are the best on their books. I think Marcus Madison, uh, who plays in the one behind, is uh, a wonderful footballer. I think he's far and away the best player at this level. And that's even with with all of Sunderland's strikers as well. Um, 
Started out, I think, as a left back, has played left midfield, left wing, uh, now sits as, as just pulling the strings behind the front two. For mm-hmm. me, the shades of Pete again about the way that he plays, um, but he's he's better and that hurts me. Um, mm-hmm. He's the man. He's the man for me because you look at goals and off the top of my head, and I'm you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that Tony and Isa have got something like um, nine apiece. But Madison has got six goals and six assists. So he's actually had a hand in more goals than either of the the, the strikers that people will be worrying about. When you've got an attacking uh, trio like that, you're in a good place. uh, And they'll be in the top six, if not the top two. But Mm. on the other hand, um, still question marks over a relatively new look defence with Frankie Kent and... um, can't think of the other lad now. Mark Little at the back. Made myself look like a right mug. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they, they've got relatively... Um, Kent came out of the uh, out of League One with um, Colchester. He's not Little, it's Beavers. Little's at Bristol Rovers. It's Mark Beavers who came. And uh, he's, he's not, I wouldn't say getting on a bit, but they've only just really started playing together. Um, at right back, they've got Niall Mason, who was convicted of sexual assault and sacked by Doncaster. Peter have given him a chance. He's decent, lad. Um, but we might get some luck there. We might also get some luck because they play a 4-3-1-2, three, three, which in essence doesn't employ out-and-out wingers um, because the guys in midfield on the left and the right, George Boyd um, and Josh Knight, are not naturally going to give them the width. And if they do naturally give them the width, it, it leaves a lot on the one remaining central midfielder. So... It might stretch the game a little bit, but if the game's stretched, that's not going to suit us um, because of the three players that they've got up front. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be. A, I think it's going to be a, a long afternoon for us, uh, even mm. if even if we manage a point. Yeah, I think um, again, it, it's going to be one of those games, much like uh, much like Blackpool away, where we said, right, I think a point would be a good result. Um, I don't think we're going to have the the good fortune of of the Peterborough side that are in a bad run of form because we've clearly seen that's not the case. You know, like Sunderland were. Um, I I I'm not expecting a lot from this weekend, um, and I think for me the 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 positive about this big run that we've got coming up with some very difficult games is that we managed to get three points last weekend. Um, it's gonna. It's almost gonna reset the clock and say, well, you know, we've not won in five league games or we've not won in eight games overall, but we've we've got that. Uh, we sort of hit reset on that and gone right. We've had an excellent win over possibly, well, no, possibly about it. You know, we've had an excellent excellent win over the biggest side in the league um, last weekend, and I I would hope that if we don't get a result at the weekend, that people will take it for what it is, because like you say, Peterborough are. They've done some great business. They always have done. They always will do. Um, but I think the the fact is that they, um, you know, that they, they signed a, a million pound striker over the close season, and, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be hard to to get around that. Um, and I just hope that we have a, a decent week. But obviously, we're going to be. Uh, oh, sorry, go on. No, I was sorry. I was going to say it's interesting that you say about the, the 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 run that we've got of games coming up and looking down the fixture list. You know what? Peterborough are the toughest that we've got probably in the next 10 games, in my opinion. Um, 
Peterborough Sunderland was a tough pair. If you'd offered me two points from those two games, I would have been out over the moon. So as you've just said, to have three from Sunderland already, brilliant. But, you know, after Peterborough, Shrewsbury at home, winnable. Portsmouth away, yeah, it looks tough, but Portsmouth aren't doing brilliantly. Bolton at home, winnable. Wimbledon away, winnable. Um, take out the cup match with Rotherham. Gillingham away, winnable. Burton away, mm, toughish. Tranmere at home, winnable. And that takes you to within a day of Christmas. So, mm. do you know what? In actual fact, get through tomorrow, I can see us then starting picking up points. And the really tough period is Christmas because in my, and I know we're looking well ahead now, but we'll get bugger all, Coventry away, Oxford away, Ipswich at home, Peterborough at home, Sunderland away. Talk about tough runs. Mm. There it is. There's your tough run right there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a cliche to say there's no easy games in the league, but it's um, that that particularly is going to be a difficult run. But I, I've got to be honest, I was sort of including, you know, I was including Blackpool and, and Sunderland in those two oh, games sorry, in yeah, the run okay. as well. Because, you know, I didn't really expect anything from those two. But obviously we're going to be without, um, without Michael Boswick, but it has been sort of hinted at that Tom Pett could possibly feature at the weekend. Could you see him coming into the side or do you think it's possibly too early to, not, absolutely to not. say coming back from an Absolutely injury? not. No, okay. He could come into, when you say coming into the side, um, you mean uh, subs as well? Well, coming to the okay, squad. Okay, yeah, I can see him coming into the squad. Um, I can't see any uh, any formation that we would play him at the moment in time. Mm. No, that's that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to see Petty back. Um, he's 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 a character. He's he's done a lot for you know in, in the community. He's always one of the first names that you you think of when you see uh, when you see players out and about. Um, he's always you know when he's when the club do the stuff on Snapchat or wherever. He's always one of the guys that's on there. So it would be nice to see him back um, again, even if it is just to to sort of warm the bench. Obviously, after coming back from a pretty nasty, uh, it was his knee that he injured. Uh, back on it? Might be wrong. Uh, I'm not sure. Anyway, he had he was in a he was in a leg brace at some oh, point. So it's probably so not his back then, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it'll be nice to see him back. But obviously, we will be without Bozzy again because I think he's had a bit of a setback in his recovery. But I honestly think at the minute, the the guys that are in in you know in the place, they're doing a job. They're doing really well, and obviously, it will take. I think it'll be, you know, if there's one more injury, then it's going to be a completely different story. But as things stand, I, I think we're we're in good stead going into the weekend. And like you say, I think we're going to need, a, well, a more than slight amount of luck uh, to come away with with a result. Um, I'd be happy with a, I'd be delighted with a point. If we got all three, I'd be ecstatic. But um, I can't realistically see that happening. Um, and then obviously next week we'll we'll sort of talk about that nearer the time. But we're we're looking at, at uh, Shrewsbury at home, which is on Friday night. You know, so, Peterborough uh, kept four clean sheets in a row through August and early September, but since then they've conceded two against Tranmere, two against Doncaster, two against Wimbledon, and three against Wickham. Maybe we'll get four. There's there's your well, there's your glimmer of hope. Yeah. That they've conceded what ten goals in four league games, yeah, um, and that doesn't include the football league trophy. No, it wouldn't because they kept a clean sheet in that. Um, and remember, they did lose three at the beginning of the season on the bounce: two against Oxford, one against Fleetwood. Doncaster beat them two nil at their place, in conceding three at Wickham. I mean, okay, it's only what we did, but. Hmm. 
they've got their weak spots. Yeah. But they've also, you know, they scored six against Rochdale. You know, they're, they're the leading scorers in the league. Here's something that's really interesting, in my opinion. Leading scorers in the league, and they haven't had the benefit of pumping Bolton like some teams have. Mm, that's, you know, they beat. Yeah, that's a really good point. Beat MK Dons 4 0, Sunderland 3 0, Rochdale 6 0, scored three against Wimbledon to beat them 3 2, 3 3 with Wickham. It's frightening. Also, one slight weak, weak link. There's only one player outside of that attacking trio that's also scored a goal for them. Now, mm. whether that's a whether that's positive or not, I don't know. But Josh Knight is the only other player who uh, who has scored a, a league goal for Peterborough this season, other than Tony Iser and Madison. So all we've got to do is keep those four quiet, and we're home dry. Yeah, that's. I think that's going to be that's going to be the problem, isn't it? All we've got to do is keep several million pounds worth of players quiet. Yeah. Well, well technically, actually, they're not worth several million pounds because only only ISA has moved for any any money. That's um, true. The others have not been big side. But you know, if a championship club wanted to go and buy any of them, I would say that they would need five million for Madison. I'd say that they'd need more than that for Tony. Uh, and ISA probably worth what two two and a half at the minute. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be uh, uh, it's going to be an interesting one to watch for sure. Um, unfortunately, I won't be going. Um, my my good lady wife Rachel will be though. Um, she's uh, she's heading to her first game without me, which is interesting. Yeah, that's how it starts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you make of uh, what do you make of the Joe Morell situation? So obviously, we're going to be missing Joe Morell yet again. Yeah, it, I almost think. Is is it going to be one that um, was sort of hinted at before, where maybe in January there might be a bid for another, you know, under twenty one international or somebody comes in that's that's an international at a, I don't want to use the word B team because that's harsh on Wales, but you know, at, at a lower level than than uh, you know your, your multi million pound players. Um, it's obviously disappointing. I'd like to see as you know keep all the best players that we we can do but um it's nice to see him go into the squad and be starting as well because obviously he started the last game when they won um and that's going to be a hell of an experience for him but he deserves to be there he's playing incredibly well um i i just uh, i think it's it's only a positive that he can go and like i say be part of the starting 11 as well can be recalled as well really can be recalled in January. I think um, from a conversation that I had, uh, most year-long loan deals have a clause where you can recall after six months unless otherwise stated. Um, I think Callum Connolly potentially can be. I think Jake, is it Jake? One of them's only signed till January. Um, I think Joe it's, Morell, yeah, I think it's Jake that signed till January. Yeah, Joe Morrell can be recalled, um, but Tyler Walker, I'm told, cannot. Yes. Uh, and obviously the two that I really, really would not want us to lose are Joe Morrell uh, and Tyler. Yeah. I think Joe Morrell's loss is huge. I think it's a huge loss for us. Um, I think he's a massively understated player uh, over not just over the last couple of weeks, but since the beginning of the season. I don't think the work that he does is always noticed because sometimes he's a, he's a little bit like, um, and I'm going to go back to something, a bit like a John Finnegan character yeah. in that sometimes he's 
he's working hard to do the stuff that people don't always see. And it was said of Alex Woodyard, and obviously um, Woody actually came on for Peterborough at the weekend, so we might see him. Um, but he used to say of Alex Woodyard, he does a lot of the work you, you don't see. Morel's a little bit more forward thinking than that, but he's a similar type of player again. Mm. Um, and a, a question that I was asked on Twitter or somewhere the other day, uh, would there be any place for Alex Woodyard in our team at the minute? Um, maybe not in the first 11, but in the squad, I, I could possibly see it. I'm going to shock you now and tell you I disagree. Oh, well, we, we have off. agreed today already, so... Yeah, yeah too much. It, it makes me time. sick. Yeah, it makes me <laughs> sick. Um, I think he'd get in our first team right now. I think he'd sit in the midfield next to Joe Morrell doing the job that Michael O'Connor does. I think he'd rotate with O'Connor, but I genuinely... People talk about these sideways passes that he kept making, but, you know, sometimes in order to go forward, you have to go sideways, pull a team side, side to side, find the gaps. A lot of the disdain for Alex Woodyard from some supporters are because of the rumours of Luton uh, when he was supposedly going to look around Canworth Road when he was our player. Um, but that's football. You know, for me, Alex Woodyard was still still a player who's, who's got the quality to represent Lincoln City, even in League One. Mm. Yeah, I, I think uh, of the current uh, of the current first eleven, I would possibly, I I would say that he would be one that I think um, sits on sits on the bench. On you know, I I couldn't see him. Um, I couldn't see him displacing the likes of, of Jack Payne or Joe Morrell. Um, or I wouldn't place Jack Payne, would he? Jack Payne's an attacker. Well, you know what I mean. I, I, I don't think I could see him replacing any of the guys that we've currently got in the midfield. I, I don't think I'd be able. I, I, I just couldn't see it as much as um, as much as I'd like to admit that he would still be good in our squad. But um, do you see Jack Payne as a midfielder then? Well, he's he's sort of that. He's that in the hole number ten, isn't he? He's sort of a. It, it's technically he's a midfielder, but he'll he'll push up when needed um, to give us oh a four four two, which I distinctly remember somebody saying wasn't the right way forward. Oh, yeah, that's it. Turn it around now. You're there calling an attacker a midfielder <laughs> and you suddenly find yourself a little hook saying that well, the 10, saying that the ten, 10 rolls a bloody midfielder and then you turn it around <laughs> and here I am praising 4-4-2 when I was saying a couple of weeks ago, yeah, yeah, I hold my hands <laughs> up about that. Ah, uh, well, anyway, um, I think that's probably uh, the, the best spot to leave it for. for <laughs> Before we come to virtual blows. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Is there anything that uh, that you need to plug this week, Gary? Um, let me think. Somebody came up to me and said something about plugging something, but I've forgotten. Um, I think that might actually be a week or two. I think our good friend Dean is, is doing something positive for charity that we're going to plug but he, he hasn't emailed me, so I'll assume that I haven't missed it. Um, also, great work from Chris Ray. Um, I haven't got the exact mm. figure in front of me. Clearly, my research has been terrible this week on all fronts. I think it, um, yeah, it was just over £1,300, I think. Ah, there we go. You see, you pulled me out of the crap. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely phenomenal. And patrons of my site who uh, did not get their hands on a copy, um, there will be one included in the in the drawer for the uh, at the end of October, I actually purchased twenty copies, um, and I did the pay, pay full price before anyone calls me a cheapskate for buying in bulk, um, so that I could give them away uh, as prizes and that sort of thing. So obviously they're very limited. So um, one will be given away, uh, along with a really special piece of memorabilia. Actually, a, 
1974-75 Lincoln City yearbook. Oh, wow. So um, I'm going to keep putting little bundles like that together. And, and it's a patrons-only draw. So if you are a patron, you will be in the draw. Um, and uh, every month there will be prizes to win. Sometimes there might be, you know, even um, shirts or whatever. Depends what, what crosses my path. <laughs> there we go. I've still got a programme for you, actually, that I need to, to pass okay. along. What's that? Yeah, from last home game that you can Oh, make. Well, yeah, the Oxford one. Because I didn't add you. I mean, I know, you know, this is great for the listeners, but I didn't actually see you, did I, on Saturday? No, I got there late because I thought I was going to have to work um, and uh, initially thought I'd have to start at two o'clock, but I uh, got a phone call at 11 o'clock to say, yeah, you can start now. Went, Excellent. So managed to get it all done, but... Um, uh, Rach had managed to sort of schedule everything as if I was going to be working at two o'clock. So she was planning on getting there later. But yeah, apparently um, I was stood more or less behind you as we bumped into somebody else and I was having a chat with them, but uh, I didn't actually see you. So there we go. Um little bit of, uh, again, more inside baseball for people that I'm sure they absolutely care about. Yeah, but I wonder how many people have turned off now. <laughs> well, I hope not because I, I just want to plug, um, I know it was, it was yesterday as we were recording, um, but uh sorry yesterday as you listened to this but today as we were recording um it's uh world mental health day so just a quick one to say you know just just check on people just talk to your friends and you know make sure that they're all right and if they're not you know just try and be there um i i put a post i put a tweet out you know which which kind of detailed um uh, some of the stuff that i've i've dealt with and uh, i've actually had some really nice messages in response so um yeah, it's it's not an easy thing to talk about, um, and it's you know at times there's a lot of uh, there's still a big negative stigma around a lot of uh, people that, that decide to talk about things, and it's seen as a sign of weakness. But um, given essentially how how you and I met um, was at Nathan's talk, I think wasn't it? Um, yeah, I'd know we'd known before, but I think yeah, that was the first time, first yeah. time proper. Yeah, and it's. Um, it, it's it's an important thing to look after so um yeah just just be aware of that really and and uh, if you do know that somebody's struggling just make sure that they're all right and uh, if they say they are just check that they really are because the easiest thing nothing said earlier the easiest lie to tell is i'm fine so yeah just make sure everyone's all right um and without ending on a downer i think that's probably a good spot to end the podcast yeah let's end on an upper i mean i echo all of that as well but you know let's let's just remember that wherever you are and whatever you're going through uh, it could be worse you could be uh, rebecca vardy <laughs> some of the memes on that are excellent um uh, just what a story what a st- can you imagine that at our level as well yeah the excuse is, is the sort of excuse that teenage boys come up with when they've been caught looking at Pornhub, isn't it? <laughs> I was so, hacked. Yeah, I was hacked. I was hacked. Somebody put big books and babes too on my computer and loads of <laughs> crispy cement-like uh, substance all over my pairs of socks. <laughs> it must have been somebody else. I, I, I wish you'd told me so that I could have changed my password and stopped doing it and made out that I'd been hacked in private. Very, oh, <laughs> Uh, that's amazing anyway yes that's a good spot to end the podcast um we will see you guys next week uh like i say the game's on friday so we'll get it uh, it should be back on thursday as per normal uh, hopefully we won't be quite as swamped this week so uh, until then we'll see you all right uh, take care guys bye-bye
20th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.